You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. DJ Shockley, the longtime uh, Georgia quarterback, and of course with the Atlanta Falcons back up there. Hey, DJ, Holden Kushner. You know, Anthony, how are you? Doing. Doing terrific. We got a lot going on in the NFL right now, is, is what we got going on. The um, pre- preseason's almost finally over. Week four of the preseason. You have uh, you you had to take it pretty seriously a few years, didn't you? The final week of that preseason. Oh yeah, see, because I, I was a seventh round guy, so each game, each preseason, it was big for me. I was trying to make the team. You know, I wasn't like Anthony, so I, you know, I, I had to, you know, I had to fight. You know, Anthony, every he, he was good. He was cool. His fourth game, he didn't worry about it. But uh, <laughs> I had, I had to, I had to fight and claw, man. And uh, that fourth preseason game was how I made the team. A uh, few years, so uh, definitely, uh, it looks like a time where a lot of people maybe not worry about it and they're ready to get to the regular season. But for a lot of guys, almost 1,200 guys, it's going to be the last time they get to put on a uniform and, and try to make a a roster this season. Yeah, DJ, it's Anthony, and you're right. You know, uh, it is one, especially with this whole uh, roster. Not a lot of the, none of the guys really. Some of them are getting released, but the major cuts aren't till Friday, so they had a lot of opportunities to show their stuff. And, uh, you know, when I when I look at this uh, NFC South and, you know, I cover the Bucks too. And, you know, when you look at this division top to bottom, this could be arguably the toughest division in football. And when you look at the Falcons, obviously, you know, they're looking to get back to where they were to get back on, you know, back to that pinnacle goal, getting back to the Super Bowl, get that bad taste down their mouth. But they do need all their pieces in place. And and let's just start with the biggest thing. You know, Devontae Freeman, obviously. Uh, you know, he's got he's in concussion protocol. Uh, hasn't played in the preseason uh, that much at all. Uh, how do they feel about him? And are they just kind of holding back? Or is he going to be ready for the season opener? What's kind of the word on him? Uh, the word on Devontae is he he's in the last phase of it uh, of the concussion protocol, and he's starting to get back into the running and the lifting and the working out and that part of it. So that that means he's on the the latter end of it, and they're expecting him to be back. Uh, they actually was hoping he could practice this week. So if that's the case, they know he'll be ready to go uh, for, for game number one when they had to go up to Chicago. But uh, Devontae obviously is a huge part of this team. He's a huge part of what they do offensively. And uh, you talk about this division, you talk about it being one of the toughest, and it is. And Tampa was a team last year that gave Atlanta a lot of fits, and they actually split with them, actually beat them the first game of the year. Uh, obviously, they add a bunch. They added a bunch of pieces of offense, bringing Deshaun Jackson over. You still got Mike Evans, uh, drafted OJ Howard. Uh, it's going to be a very tough division when you got Drew Brees in it. He's still going to give New Orleans a chance, even if you know the defense hasn't been up to par. Having Drew Brees on your team, you got a chance. And then Carolina's the a team that's looking to get back to where they were two years ago, playing for a Super Bowl as well. So you look at the division. You got the last two NFL MVPs in it with Cam and Matt Ryan. So this is a division that you had to bring it every time you play or you lose two or three games and you may be out of the playoff hunt. All right, DJ Shockless here with us uh, doing pregame or sidelines, I should say, sidelines for the Atlanta Falcons here. So it's a it's a new offensive coordinator, of course. How, how much difference is the offense going to look to the average viewer? If you've seen it on TV, is it going to look a lot different than Shanahan's offense last year? You know what? It's really not. It's one of those things where – when Sark came in, he sat down with Matt, he sat down with the rest of the offensive staff, and they kind of said, we want to keep the verbiage kind of the same, we want to keep some of the concepts the same, because obviously they had a lot of success last year, uh, scoring 540 points, uh, 
you know, putting up 30-plus points a game. Uh, they were pretty successful doing it. And I think Sark has come in, and he's brought a couple different concepts. He's brought a couple different things to the offense uh, that they didn't have last year. But the most noticeable thing that I've seen out of them is last year, Kyle Shanahan loved the move. He loved the motion. He loved the shifts. Uh, they used two, three tight ends. Anthony, I know you like that. They, they used two, three tight ends all the time, <laughs> shifting and motion and all that kind of stuff. But this year, the focus has been let's get Matt to the line of scrimmage a little bit sooner. Let's get him early so he can audible, he can see what's going on and get the team in the, uh, the best possible play call. And that's what they've been doing is let's get up, let's call it, and let's run it. Uh, then the, the terminology has been different as well. It's kind of been uh, not as lengthy or wordy as it was with Kyle, so it allows them to get in and out of the huddle and, and be able to play a little bit faster. All right, so that brings up the you said the two tight end sets. So two guys that I wonder are going to merge this year. How much more we'll see them evolve would be Hooper and Gabriel, mm-hmm. because Gabriel mm-hmm. said that. I mean, everybody talked about Tyreek Hill. This guy was a game yeah. it was a game buster too. And then we saw some brilliance out of Hooper toward the end of last year. How much should he be involved in a passing game? Well, both of them are going to be huge. Uh, obviously, Hooper is a very athletic tight end. He's good at the point of attack as well. But they use him in a lot of places on the field where they can spread him and get good matches with him on linebackers or safety that may not be big enough to to cover him. He, he's one of those guys who understands coverages. He understands what to sit things down. Uh, very cerebral player uh, as well. So it looks forward to getting him uh, much more involved in last year. If you remember – the first touchdown that they got in the Super Bowl was Hooper catching the touchdown in the Super Bowl, which is big for him and Matt. And then you talk about Taylor Gabriel and his nickname on the team, and everybody calls him his turbo. And if you see him, every time he catches the ball, he has a chance to, to take it a distance. They're finding ways to get him the football as well, uh, whether it be bubble screens or reverses or whatever it may be. They try to find ways to get him the ball in space because if him is him in space, it's a problem for defenses. And it's just tough because they got so many guys who can do multiple things. Obviously, Devontae, and then you got Seven Coleman coming out the backfield. You still got number 11, the Beast, and Julio. And you got Muhammad Sanu, and you just talked about Hooper. They got seven, eight, nine guys who can contribute and make a play at any given time. And it's going to be interesting to see how they spread it around. But I guess it's a good problem to have. We're here with DJ Shockley, former quarterback and covers the Atlanta Falcons now. And, DJ, I think the one thing, you know, just leaning off what we saw in the Super Bowl and, and really throughout the season, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, getting to the quarterback and, and improving that pass rush and then that pass defense. I mean, it wasn't stellar mm-hmm. by any stretch. I thought they played an awesome two quarters going into that uh, Super Bowl. But I think big picture, you know, how do they get better in both of those departments? What have you seen that leads you to believe that that can improve? You know, I think when you look at the Super Bowl, obviously in the second half, New England made a bunch of adjustments, and they were getting the ball out their hand quicker. They ran more plays. I think in the game, New England had 90-some-odd plays, and I think they just got wore down up front. This season, though, they've added a bunch of depth. They went out of free agency and got Jack Crawford, who came from Dallas, who's been big. They drafted Tack McKinley. Everybody's seen his passion and energy at the draft, and he has mm-hmm. a very, very quick first step. So you add him on the other side with Dick Beasley. Grady Jarrett, who had three sacks in the Super Bowl, could have easily been the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, you add him, but then you also bring over Don Terry Poe from Kansas City who gives you that plug on the inside with, with him and Grady Jarrett and Jack Crawford as a backup. they got a Rasheed Hagman, who's another big body on the inside. Uh, they bring back Derek Shelby, who got hurt last year, who's a good pass rusher as well. And then on the back end, they didn't have Desmond Trufant for a latter part of the year because he ended up tearing his pecs. So he was out 
and he's probably arguably one of the best corners uh, around in the league right now, not really tested. So having him back was big in the secondary. And you got some linebackers and Deion Jones and DeBondre Campbell who are sideline to sideline, very fast guys. And it looks similar to what Seattle had been doing the last few years with long, rangy guys who can run, but they also can cover, and they're going to get after you up front. So they added that depth up front, which I think is going to help them be able to interchange in and out and adding true fun on the back end was big. Yeah, and, and talk about also on the other side, you know, wide receiver. I think we all know – uh, Julio, uh, you know, he's the guy. There's no question about that. But, you know, Sanu picked up the you know, had a big season. You know, how, how Gabriel made a spark. I mean, how's the mesh been going? Any new faces that could, you know, uh, jump into this thing as far as making this a, ta- a little more talented? You know, Justin Hardy, what kind of steps has he taken yeah. uh, during the preseason and the offseason? Yeah, you, you bring up some really good guys in there. Uh, obviously, uh, that third and fourth receiver and, and Taylor Gabriel and Justin Hardy, Justin Hardy kind of gets, you know, thrown by the wayside because you got a Julio, you got a Sanu who uh, are your main targets. Uh, but Justin Hardy is another guy who's on the inside of Slatter who can make a lot of plays for you. Uh, they got another tight end in Levine Toilolo who is about six seven, six eight, big, big body guy who you know has matchup problems, especially in the red zone. Uh, but then I think the biggest X factor for this team, other than Devontae, is, is Tevin Coleman. He's a guy that can run inside or outside. But also, he's very good in the past game last year. Uh, he added that dimension to his game, and he's another quick, fast player that if you're not watching for him, he will make a big play, and he can go to distance with it. So they got so many weapons on this football team. They had 13 guys last year catch a touchdown, and uh, I think each and every game they had at least seven or eight guys catch a pass. So the distribution is why guys know that they're going to get the ball and they know they're going to get a chance to make a play with it. So this offense can be just as potent as it was last year simply because of how many guys they got that can make a play with it. All right, DJ Shockley has joined us, uh, covers the uh, the Falcons there, preseason on the sideline, of course, uh, former NFL quarterback as well. I want to just get your thoughts around some of the hot topics in the league. And what about Perfect? Vontez getting that five-game suspension here. He's going to obviously – uh, challenge that, but if you've seen the hit, you know some people are saying it's not even a, a, a dirty hit. Your thoughts on Burfecht and whether or not he deserves the suspension? You know, I think the biggest thing is is Burfecht's rep. Uh, I think a lot of people, anytime anything is close, they they kind of go on the line of it was dirty or uh, they know what type of player he is. He's just that guy who plays 100 miles an hour. And, uh, I don't think it's one of those things that uh, I think people have to worry too much about, but they do. And in this case, I think they're overblowing it. And, you know, obviously the five-game suspension is crazy and it's not deserving. So uh, I hope people just look at him as, you know, a player out there just playing his heart out, playing as best he can. And, you know, sometimes defensive players get caught in awkward spots when they're hitting guys. And for a guy like him who's been under uh, the microscope for a while, people kind of look for the worst part better than just being an average hit. And, DJ, though, when you look at his – you know, what he's done in the past. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is, right. you know, they've continually tried to get him to, to – and, look, I, I think you can play this game physically. Uh, you know, his style of play is obviously – he's done some bonehead things from a player standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we go back to that playoff game against Pittsburgh, him and Adam Jones in that game when they had that game locked in. But he has kind of built this up now. And you're right, I, I think – the 
the the visual on everyone, and, and that's looking from the outside in. I mean, he's almost got like a different color jersey on the field because we are going to be <laughs> yeah. watching him, and so is so is all, everybody at the NFL offices when they're talking about you know those close hits. And you're right, that hit didn't warrant. If any other linebacker did that same thing to a back or a tight end or a receiver, you know, doing in that five yard range over the ball, trying mm-hmm. trying to knock him out, they wouldn't have done anything. But being yeah. that he has has the pass that he has, I mean, none of this suspension, none of these suspensions, especially moving forward, it's not going to get less. It's going to continue to get it higher. And now you ask, can you count on this guy, you know, week in yeah. and week out to, to be your linebacker? And that's the tough part about it. It's going to be uh, – uh, I think it's going to come to the mind frame of, for him is, okay, can I play my style of play now? And you got to think, is it going to hurt his team? Is it going to hurt the way he goes after – his preparation, the way he goes to tackle guys, and then all of a sudden he starts missing tackles or he's not the guy he used to be, and he's going to be not as productive because he's going to be worried about, am I going to be able to make it to the next game? And that's the sad part about it. And if it comes to uh, all you care about is his past and what he's done, yeah, that's an issue, and it's something to, to think about. But at the end of the day, you got to just let the guy play, and you got to not worry about every single little hit that he has. you got to just move forward and – I think it's unfortunate for him, but I think it's going to change the way he plays. And I think it's going to change for the worst because he's going to worry about, am I going to get suspended? Am I going to lose money? Am I not going to be here for my team? And his team has to worry about it as well. Hey, DJ, real quick, go back to Atlanta real quick. Uh, you know, what you, you see it every day. You see what they're doing. Uh, who's a guy, and I'll just throw it out there, he might be that guy, you know, Matt Sims has done a pretty good job at quarterback. Now, we know he's not going to start, but, you know, push the envelope but being the number two. Is Schaub in trouble? And who's another guy that we don't know, uh, whether that be a, an undrafted guy or a lower draft pick, somebody that's kind of making it tough to, you know, to not keep him on the roster for the Falcons this year? Yeah, you know what? I think Matt Sims has done a good job. He's had a, a couple throws here and there that are air, but that's just part of, you know, playing the position and, uh, trying to, you know, force some things here and there. But uh, I don't think Matt Schaub is in trouble. He's done a good job uh, being that backup guy. Everybody in Atlanta, the organization, they, they love Schaub, and he's done a good job for him. And uh, the only unfortunate thing for Matt Sims is he doesn't have any more practice squad eligibility. So yeah. right now I think what he's putting on film is good because there's 31 other teams, as we know, that are watching the same film and saying, okay, well, maybe if he doesn't make it with the Falcons, he can come into – one of our teams and become our backup and, and help us. So I think the fact that he knows that it's an uphill battle in Atlanta, he still understands I have a bigger job as far as I can play for another team, especially uh, these other 31 teams. And a guy that has really, really showed up for the Falcons on offense is a guy named Reggie Davis. He's a receiver. He's a kick returner. Uh, obviously, they got Andre Roberts, who came in as free agent to be the return guy. But he's the second guy on the gunner. He's a, a free agent. And he's done really well for the Falcons. He's made some big plays. He's caught the ball well. And he's done good on special teams. And he's a guy that's making it hard for the Falcons to say, all right, we got to release him because he's a, he's a very, very speedy guy who can take the top off the defense. But he's also good on team, which we know guys on the back end of the roster, special teams is where they're going to make it. DJ Shockley joins us here, uh, NFL No Huddle and the NFL on TuneIn. Just a quick quarterback question for you with Deshaun Kaiser, right? So Hugh Jackson comes out says he's going to have a long leash. You know, he, he, he's going to run him out there as much as possible. Yeah, Browns fans know how many quarterbacks they've gone through. I mean, why would <laughs> yeah. this – tell me this. Why is this time different? Why is it different now with Kaiser than it has been the other 26 guys they've run out there the last few years? <laughs> 
Well, I think Hugh Jackson's been known to be able to get the most out of his QBs. Uh, from wherever he's been with been Cincinnati, we've got the most out of Dalton. And, you know, he's done a good job. He's in Oakland. Uh, I think in some circles he's known as a QB guru. And uh, I think the Kaisers come in and kind of really dedicated himself to being a better quarterback. And uh, they gave Hugh Jackson the leash of, hey, we're going to give you a couple years. So he's going to say, hey, I drafted this guy. I went up and got him early. So I'm going to live and die with this guy. And they got a bunch of young guys around him. Uh, they, they they obviously drafted Peppers, who you know is a good player on defense. Uh, but I know that quarterback position is a big position for him. We've seen so many guys come in there and do it. Uh, hopefully, Deshaun Kaiser comes in there with that different mindset and attitude that he's going to change the uh, the organization around and get them to winning games. And I mean, they're in a tough division, uh, especially with, with Baltimore and and Pittsburgh. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in that division with him. But hey, what do you got to lose? Uh, and I guess you got to look at who else he's competing against. And Oxwaller's not the guy. So they're, they're definitely saying, hey, the, our best option right now is a rookie. So they're going to go with him and live and die by it. All right. Good luck with that. Um, DJ, thanks for the time. I <laughs> <laughs> really, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. All right, fellas. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.